Father, we worship you, we praise you, we magnify you. Father, for your grace and your goodness and your mercy. Father, we could never praise you enough. We could never thank you enough for the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, it's our desire he'd be lifted up in every heart and every life. And Father, that your plan and purpose would be done on the earth. Lord, and we never tire praying this prayer. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid thee come. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of 10 locations. Actually, 11 if you include Europe, but uh, 10 locations in the U.S. and in one in Europe. And uh, all started from this very church here. Praise the Lord. And so we welcome each and every one of you. It's so glad to have those watching online and guests, return guests and friends. And of course, our church family here, we, we love you all. And we, it's our sincere prayer and desire that each and every one of you would be greatly blessed and helped this morning. Well, as our wonderful announcer uh, made mention, today is first Sunday. Uh, we do things a little different. We have our children's church kids upstairs. Normally, they're meeting in their program. And then uh, we do some uh, neat things together. One of the things, one of the precious things we get to do together is partake of communion. And uh, this is a, a holy time. And Jesus said this, as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And so when it comes to communion, there is no direct commandments of how often we're to do it. He just says, as oft as you do it. So this is something he leaves to us. And so we've chosen once a month here on first Sunday to partake of communion. And shortly, our, our servers are going to be coming forward. And if you're newer with us or new with us and uh, uh, you're, you're unfamiliar how we do communion, we're actually going to serve you right in your seat. You don't need to come forward. And, uh, you know, we invite you to take a piece of bread and a cup of juice. Now, if you're here for any reason you don't want to partake of communion, that's fine. No, no questions asked. Just nod your head. Give some type of signal to our server and uh, that they will uh, pass you by. And so then once you receive the elements, uh, we invite you to hold them in your hand and we'll partake together.
I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. Starting with verse 23. For I received the Lord that also which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we invite you to take the bread and to break it. And I also like to crush it and let us eat. Dear Heavenly Father, we could never thank you enough for the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. His body was broken that our body might be whole. And we appropriate the promises of health, strength, and long life through that body. Be glorified in our bodies as temples of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Then I'm going to read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five through 26. After the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this is the cup of the New Testament and blood. As oft as you do this, uh, drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. So I invite you to drink. Thank you, Father. We could never thank you enough for the precious blood of Jesus. We realize without his blood, we'd be men and women most miserable, lost, forever forsaken, forever damned. But Father, we thank you that we are blessed. We are partakers of the divine nature. We are accepting the beloved. We have eternal life. And Father, we're protected from the power of the enemy through that blood. And Father, we give you thanks. We appropriate these promises. We invoke strength, life, protection over these precious people. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I want to invite you to pass your cups to the center aisle and our service will be by and uh, pick them up. And while they're picking up the cups, we're going to a little bit of neat news here. That uh, this week uh, we've been awarded uh, by the Chamber of Commerce the Fredonia Community Beautification Business Award. And so uh, out of all the businesses, they look at uh, what business has made Fredonia beautiful. And uh, I don't know how many were in the running, but um, we made the number one spot. Uh, I think it was unanimous with all those powers that voted on this. And so they came and uh, presented us with this beautiful, beautiful plaque. And so we're honored. And this is the first. They just started doing this. So not only did we win, we won the first year of this. And so praise the Lord. And so... And this will be proudly displayed somewhere for you all to work at. And so that, that's beyond my powers. I preach and teach, but uh, I don't know where that's going to go. But it'll be somewhere nice. Somewhere nice. Praise the Lord. And so, all righty. Hey, hey, hey. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to continue on our lesson. For the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the subject of our authority, or we can say our dominion, or the, the uh, 
authority that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us. And for a text for these series of lessons, we've taken the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Church of Ephesus, which is a model prayer for every church and for every Christian. So we're going to go ahead and look at that again. And so Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. Now, if you can reset that clock up there, that's not my preaching time. So it already told me I had been preaching for 10 minutes. And so, you, you know, yeah, I, I need every minute I have, especially on first Sunday, because I'm fixing to not preach so long. Because, <laughs> so I better start now. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him behead over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, we, we looked at this, the components of this prayer, and we encourage you, if you're newer with us, if you can go back to the archives, uh, we, we went in detail what this prayer was all about. And we saw this is an ideal prayer. This is, this is a model prayer. And uh, this is the best type of prayer to be praying for your pastors, praying for yourself, and praying for other Christians. And we, we saw how it differed from most people, how they prayed, and, and we need to just kind of come up higher and, and to follow this type of praying. But what is this prayer asking for? Well, it's asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So uh, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the spirit of light. And what will happen when we receive the spirit of wisdom revelation? It tells us that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. And we saw that we have two sets of eyes. We have a set of natural eyes, which we see into physical things, the physical realm. But also all of us have spiritual eyes. It's in our, our spirit that we see spiritual light and spiritual truth. And so the eyes of our understanding really can be translated the eyes of our spirit. It's praying that light and understanding would come to our spirit. And... Uh, in order for us to see some things. And there's some things that God wants us all to see. And actually, it's three things. When we receive the spirit, wisdom, revelation, our eyes become enlightened. We begin to see. And there's three areas that God wants to see is, number one, it says the hope of his calling. And we saw that means his will. If you want to know what the will of God is for your life, pray this prayer. When you have the spirit of wisdom, revelation, it'll help you to see what his will is for your life. The second thing it will do is it will help you to see the riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints. And that's simply that it will help you to see what belongs to you. There are so many wonderful 
precious promises in the Bible. The Bible says, by these we are partakers of the divine nature. Our life in this world, in this realm, will be transformed as we walk, as we get revelation of these promises. And so when we, we, we get the spirit of wisdom revelation, it will help us to see what belongs to us and what's promised to us, and that way we can walk in the light of it. But the third thing, and which has been the focus of our study, it says this, that we would know the exceeding greatness of his power. Not only the exceeding greatness of his power that he has, but it says his power to usward. So there's, there's and I love that, those, those, are those verbs, you know, it's been so long I'm in the school. Adjectives, aren't they? Adjectives, adjectives, I think. Where, where are my English people? Yeah. Verbs, yeah, verbs are action words, adjectives, description words. Is that right? Yeah, it's coming back to me. The eyes of my understanding are being enlightened. Now, now you have a computer, everything's autocorrect and grammar. You, you just, just press a button and it tells you what to say now. And so, adjectives, exceeding greatness of his power. Not just power, not great power, but exceeding greatness of his power and it's not just saying what he has but it's telling us God wants to see this this exceeding greatness of his power that was shed that was pointed towards us that was directed towards us he wants us to see and we've been looking at that and uh, this this power this exceeding greatness of his power was exerted, was, was given to us when he raised Christ from the dead, which is in verse 20. We'll go ahead and read that. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, why does God want us to know this exceeding greatness of his power that, that was directed towards us and when, when God raised Jesus from the dead? Well, we saw it's important for us to understand this because it does affect our life on earth, whether we have victory or not, whether we can overcome or not, and, and just kind of what kind of life we can have in Christ. And we read uh, and we see some insights of this exceeding great power. In chapter 2 and verse 1, as we made mention, uh, when Paul wrote this letter, he did not write in chapter and verses. We did it for reference sake. So he's continuing on the same thought after this prayer that we would see things. We would understand things of what was provided for us. And in verse 1 of chapter 2, again, just a little bit of review. And you, now he speaks about all of us, hath a quickened, that's King James, that means the made alive. To be made alive, not physically, but spiritually, we were made alive. Who were dead, again, not physically, because we're all pretty much standing here. Uh, I doubt that any of us have been raised from dead, but maybe there might be. But it's talking spiritually, we were dead in trespasses and sins. And in times past, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience of whom we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling desires of flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so we looked at that in detail. It was a bad picture. Before Jesus, it was not going well for all of us. And this, this was our lot. This was our destiny. But thank God the Bible puts verse 4 in there. But God, thank God for God, but God, who is rich, in mercy for his great love 
wherein he loved us. And I like the Amplified Bible. It's wonderful, intense love. God has an intense love towards us. He had to do something about our lost, fallen condition. In verse 5, even when we were dead, again, spiritually in sins, he hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by grace shall you save, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So here we see and get a glimpse of the exceeding greatness of his power that was directed towards us when he raised Jesus from the dead. And we, we looked at that raising Jesus from the dead. There are many people throughout the Bible raised from the dead. Why would this be the greatest excerpt of God's power? And that's what it means in the Greek. You know, we think about great power, exceeding great power in creation, but when God raised Jesus from the dead, according to the word of God, that was the greatest exercise of God's power. Well, because when God made Jesus alive in the, the pit of hell, uh, he was not the only one, but every single person that ever lived and will live was quickened together, made to alive together with him. And so uh, it was not just Jesus, but we were quickened together. And actually three things occurred when Jesus was quickened and uh, when he ascended on high. Number one, in verse six, it says, uh, well, he's... It says in verse 5, we were quickened together with Christ. That's one. Verse 6 says, and we were raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. So three things happened uh, to us, spiritually speaking. When Jesus was made alive, we were made alive. And again, we looked at that. We saw some amazing things when he was quickened. How, how all of hell more or less football tackled him to keep him in, in that place of suffering. It said Jesus stripped off principalities, powers. And then when we get excited, we say, woo, go Jesus. But we were quickened together with him. We were with him. When, when Jesus stripped principalities, powers, it was as if we stripped them off. That's why the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, uh, you are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. How did you already overcome? You haven't even lived your life out yet. No, 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crooked, when he stripped principalities and powers, you did. You overcame him. See, Jesus knows that. The devil knows that. And Paul ceased not to pray that the church would see that, that we are Satan's master, that uh, we are to rule and reign in this life. We're more than overcomers. So we were quickened together. But uh, not only that, it says this, that we were raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. And so we are in Christ. We were with Christ. We're seated with him again, not physically. I know that we're all physically seated here. Now, some of you might be thinking something else and your head is somewhere else, but you're physically here. But uh, spiritually, you're seated in heavenly places you're seated with him and we saw and what we're looking at with our authority we saw where that compares to all the forces of darkness all that the the turmoil all the the circumstances of life that uh, are on the earth in ephesians 1 19 uh it says this and what is his exceeding greatness of his power towards us to believe, according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised from the dead. We are raised together with him 
and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Remember, in Ephesians chapter 2, we were seated together with him in where? Heavenly places. So where he is seated, we are seated. But notice verse 21. Far above all. Not just above them, but far. Far above. I, I mean, you know, uh, you know, if you're, you're up, you know, if you've ever been like on Empire State Building or something, or up in an airplane, you look down and you, you almost got to squint. You know, what, what is that? Is that a building? Is that a car? It's so far beneath. And this is what God wants us to see. You know, I, I've been to New York City many, many times. And, you know, I've been in airplanes above New York City. You know, when, when you're on the ground, all those buildings seem so big. Wow, look at that. I mean, I am so small and insignificant. I am a grasshopper around those buildings. But when you get up in an airplane, and when you're far, far above them, you look down, you have a different perspective. Wow, that's so tiny, so small. <laughs> and, and again, in life, whether we're defeated or have victory, just simply... Is based on your perceptions. Are you looking at life based on life on earth that these things are so big? Or are you looking at it through the eyes of God, through the eyes of the word that you're seated with him? Every situation is far beneath your feet. Far. We're far above them. Far above them. And again, this has to be light and revelation. This is why many people struggle. Because they don't see from their spirit, they just simply see through their physical eyes. Far above, and notice it's all principality and power, might, and dominion. We looked at that. Those are all the forces of Satan. And so we said this, and it bears repeating because it's a good illustration. If hell were to have a lottery, and one day out of the year, they put everybody's name in there, and your name was picked, and said, they picked out, and today we're going to pick on Kirk Gugino. They picked up Kirk Gugino's name. And so Satan tells all the principality powers, rulers, darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness, high places, forget what you're doing. Go gang up on Kirk. And so if your view is from down here, looking up, you'd run and hide. Oh my God, Armageddon is here. And you'll get 50 million people to pray and it still won't be enough. But when you realize where you're seated, far, far above, you, you get up there and, and you see, you, you may see an army. And what, what are those? Are those ants? What are they? Have no effect. When you're, you're up here, they have no effect. You truly become untouchable. The untouchable. See, Jesus walked in, in this. Jesus said this, the prince of this world cometh and he is nothing in me. In other translations, he, he has nothing on me. He can't, in one translation, says he can't touch me. It all depends where you're seated. Where you're seated. And that's why Paul said, I cease not. You would see this, this great power. You're seated far above them. And uh, when we get this revelation, victory is ours. Now notice this, not, not only above every demon, but every name that is named. 
Disease has a name. You know, COVID has a name. Cancer has a name. TB has a name. You can go down the list. Oppression, depression has a name. And he, he has put all these things under his feet. And folks say, well, yeah, that's underneath Jesus' feet. No, we, we are the body. We are his body. You know, the body is not in the head. The body is in the feet. We're seated far above. Even the smallest member on the bottom of the heel, so to speak, of the body of Christ, is seated far above all these things. And so he wants us to see it. We're seated with him. And that's something you just meditate on, get these truths. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm seated. I, I, I'm seated far above. And you may be facing the situation. All you need to say, I, I'm seated far above this. This need, the, you know, these attacks. I'm seated far above it. And, and, you, and you get a little cocky and you, you get up on a chair and says, where are you, oppression? Depression? Financial need? Sickness? You're, you're far beneath you. But then the devil say, no, you need to see it. You feel this. You know, and, and, and the Bible says, they that trust in lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He, he will make you feel things and, and see things and trying to have you get up, give up your sight where you're seated and stay focused on where you are physically. Don't live life based on your physical senses. Live life of your spiritual senses. The Bible says this, we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. We, we can't see ourselves seated with him physically. We have to see it with our spirit. For the things that are seen are temporal. Your, your, your feelings, your sensations, how it looks, you know, the, the overwhelming things. If you look physically, these things are temporal, but the things that are unseen, the Bible says, uh, uh, I mean, are eternal. That means we are seated above him. And if you'll just stand in your position of Christ, all these things will submit to your position. So he, he wants us to see. Now, no, I'm not done yet. But I will say I'm fixing the clothes in 30 minutes. All right. So he wants us to see this position. Now what we want to look at, how do we exercise the seat of authority? This authority has been given to us. God wants us to see it. But how do we use it? You know, you can have something, and it'll do you no good unless what? You know how to use it. I remember the first time I got a 386 IBM computer. <laughs> and I turned it on. Of course, five minutes later, it loaded up Windows 3.1. And, and I looked at it and says, "Woo! I got a computer. Didn't do me any, any good because I had no idea how to use it because it just came out. You know, and so it's not just the knowing of it, but how, how to use it. And here the Bible says the exceeding greatness of his power uh, is given to us. And so not only do we need to know it, we need to be able to use it. Now, when you think of computers, some of you may not be computer savvy, that, that's well, let's, let's do it this way. Someone gives you $10 million. How many of that perks your, yeah. perks your interest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how many could use $10 million? Yeah, you, yeah I, I guess so. Go ahead, bring it on. All right. Maybe an inheritance. Someone died. 
didn't rise from the dead, but they died and gave you an inheritance of $10 million, all right? How would you react to that? Well, you know, life is so hard for me. You know, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, no, no, you'd be thrilled. You'd be thrilled. Man, the things you can do with $10 million, investing, pay off things, helping people, it would probably perk your interest a little bit. Just a little bit, right? And yet those things are, are temporal. And yet here God calls exceeding great and precious promises. The authority above all principality power. Things that money can't buy. There are rich people that are oppressed, depressed, sick, and, and miserable, committing suicide. And yet we've been seated far above all these things. But $10 million would, would perk our interests. Now, just to go around and say, you know what? I have $10 million, but I can't pay my phone bill. I have $10 million. Man, I'm so hungry. I got $10 million in the bank, and, uh, you know, uh, my car's falling apart. I need, I need new tires, but I just don't, don't have the money for it. It'd do you no good, right? Just knowing you have something unless you know how to tap into it. Right. And so we got to look at, you know, First of all, we're painting what has been given us. Woo! Woo! And yet we go through life defeated. <laughs> every situation, every circumstance. And we're always asking for prayer. We're crying. It's just too much. It's so hard. Well, we need to know how to tap into that which is given. So when, when, you, when your rich aunt or uncle give you $10 million, well, first thing you do is check it out, right? You know, you wouldn't say, well, I'll check it out sometime. I'm a little busy right now. I'm a, I'm a little busy. I need to paint my nails. I need to, you know, do the cat litter. I need to, you know, whatever. No, no. Let's put that aside. I got to check this thing out. I got to show some interest in it. I got to seek this out. And then when you find out it's true, you know, the next thing is, how do I get to work for me? How do I get it to work for me? How do I access it? It belongs to me, but does no good unless I can... Take it out. And we understand that with the bank, they'll give you a, ch a checking account. They'll give you a debit card. Or um, you can go into the bank anytime you want and just say, uh, you know, show your ID. I need this amount of money. And they will give it to you. And so we understand that. But how do we start using this authority of where we're seated? And so turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. How do we... How do we tap into this authority given to us? Uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 2, not Ephesians. Philippians chapter 2. How to access our heavenly account. God does not lie. God wants us to see what's been given us and where we're seated. But he also wants us to rule and reign in this life. But we have to see how to access it. Philippians 2 Starting with verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of servant made in likeness of men, who being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So it's, it's, it's talking about Jesus and his earth walk, his earth life. And how he obeyed. He humbled himself and obeyed God even to death. 
Now because of that, verse 9, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow with things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And start with verse 9. Wherefore God has highly exalted him. Now again, we, we saw that we were quickened together, we were raised together, and seated together. So this is talking about when God exalted him, God raised Jesus up. And it says here two things. Number one, of course, he highly exalted him and seated him at his own right hand. And we're seated, of course, with him. But the second thing we see with that position of authority, that God gave him a name above every name. Now, let's talk a little bit about that name and, and the, the wording here. Now, the name, uh, in the Greek, it's not a, a name like a new one. You know, when, when God raised Jesus from the dead and seen him in his own right hand, God didn't say, now, Jesus, I'm going to give you another name or a different name, and now use this name with this authority. Uh, it's literally... It's your name has become the highest rank, the highest authority in heaven, earth, in hell. Um, the Weiss commentary sheds light on this. And that when God exalted Jesus, his name Jesus became the name of Jesus. That this, an honor was bestowed upon his name that this is the highest authority. In all the universe, his name. E.W. Kenyon, in the wonderful name of Jesus, said this. It tells us in Hebrews that he inherited a greater name than the angels. Here it declares that God gave him to him a name that is above every name. The, infer uh, the reference here is that a name was known in heaven, unknown elsewhere. And this name was kept to be conferred upon someone who should merit it. And Jesus, as we know him, the eternal Son of God, as known in the bosom Father, was given this name. And this name, every knee should bow in three, uh, three worlds, heaven, earth, and hell. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, when he exalted him, Jesus' name became the name of Jesus. There was a conferral upon that name. Uh, authority and dominion was released in that name and so says that that name the name of Jesus had complete authority in three realms in heaven and earth and under the earth and here every knee shall bow every tongue confess to that name and so he is exalted and there was a conferral that your name now we could say this your name now becomes the credit card. Your name becomes the checking checkbook to, to use this authority. I am bestowing your name, uh, all this authority of your position. Now, what is very interesting, I, I was meditating on this. In the Old Testament, a very select few were ever allowed to use God's power 
and authority. Very few, and very select few. Uh, one of them was Moses. And when after much training, 40, 40 years in the wilderness of training and testing, God bestowed upon him his power in the earth. And what is very interesting, it was conferred upon a credit card, a checkbook, so to speak. And what was it? A rod. In order for Moses to execute God's power, he had to use the rod. Even when he prayed uh, to God, God says, what are, you, what are you talking to me? Do you use what I've given you. Use the rod. Split the Red Sea. And so it was a rod that executed that power. And then we read further on in history, uh, Elijah and Elisha. They didn't have a rod, but they had a mantle. And they, they would have to get their mantle and wrap it up and football smack you like in the locker room. You know, guys did that. And when they did that, the waters would part. Now, in the Old Testament, God's power was only to a selected few. In the New Testament, it's given to every one of his children. Every single one of them. Now, what I thought was great and comical, you know, God had to figure out a system what can we use as a credit card? What can we use as a checkbook? You know, should we give all of my children rods? <laughs> Try to get through airport security with that. <laughs> you don't want to leave home without it. That'd be a great credit card commercial, wouldn't it? <laughs> For those of you 40 and older, American Express, don't leave home without it. <laughs> but just imagine if we left our rod at home. Or like some of us, before air tags, where did, you know, I lost it. Where did I put my rod? I was in the woods and I left it. Now all these, you know, where did I leave it? Yeah. And, or he could have said, you know what? When they get born again, we're going to give them all mantles. And so we, we have this old dingy mantle. And wherever we go, although it'd be pretty cool, we'd be like Jedi Knights. <laughs> some of you, you know, go. But again, you'd have to wear the same thing. Every single day. Ladies, that's not fashionable. And again, what happens if you wear, tear, lose it, or someone steals it from you? And so, God no doubt knew rods is not a good idea. Mantles, especially in the 20, 21st century, as you want to put it. What could we give every single one of my children? Something they could never lose. Something they can take with them wherever they go. And God says, I have it. It's a name. How many know that uh, wherever you go, if you say the name of Jesus, that name goes with you. Doesn't matter what you dress. Doesn't matter your nationality. Doesn't matter what nation you are. Doesn't matter... If you get up two in the morning and, and get no sleep, that name is forever with you. If you invoke the name of Jesus, all of heaven's power and authority can be released. God in his awesome wisdom. It says, no rods, no mantles. But when my children are born again, I'm going to give them access to all that I provided for them through the name. 
they invoked the name. And Jesus said this, and Jesus gave a precursor to this in his earth walk about in that day, you shall ask me nothing, you know, but if whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And he said this, where two or three gathered in my name, they're my. See, when you invoke the name of Jesus, all of heaven's power, all of heaven's authority is there. When you invoke the name of Jesus, it's as, if you're using it in prayer, it's as Jesus himself is asking that prayer. If you're using the name of Jesus against demons, against situations and circumstances, whatever you demand in my name, I will do that the Father will be glorified in the Son. And so when we invoke the name of Jesus, it's as he is there and he is invoking his power in our situations. This is something can be uttered through all of our lips. Jesus, the Father gave Jesus the name of Jesus as the name above all names. And what's very interesting, upon this conferral, when God has highly exalted him and says, now the name of Jesus is the name above every name, Jesus did something very interesting. In Matthew 28, after he rose again from the dead, Matthew 28, 18, it says this, and Jesus came and spake them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So this is talking about his resurrection after he was seated far above all principality, power, all might and dominion, every name that is named. All power and authority was given to him. And of course, then he was crowned. Your name is the, the, the way to execute this authority. Now notice what Jesus did once he received a name. After he said, all this authority is given unto me. All authority in heaven and earth. Notice what he said in verse 19. Go ye therefore. Now you understand when Jesus did this, what is he doing? I have this name of all power in heaven and earth. Now what I'm doing is I'm conferring. I am giving you my followers that name to go and carry out the work that I started. Go ye therefore. I've obtained this name. Now I'm giving you this name. Go and do the works of God. Now how do we know this, this was a, a transferal of the name? Well, you look in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verse 15. You, and it's the same, the same setting, but uh, Mark brings out different words that were said. And notice after his resurrection, and he said to them, go ye, again the same thing he said in Matthew, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But notice in verse 17, and these signs, these abilities, these works, these miracles shall follow them that believe how in my name. Jesus was crowned with the name above every name. Once it was crowned upon Jesus, we were together with him. Immediately he delegates it to the church and says, in my name, you have access to everything I procured through my death, burial, and resurrection. All the authority of heaven, earth, and hell is behind that name. You execute that name and all my power 
is behind it. And notice the first thing it said. In my name they shall cast out devils. Or we can say it this way. In my name they shall execute authority over demons. What demons? All principalities, power, might, and dominion. And every name that is named. See, all of hell knows it has to submit to the name of Jesus. God knows. Jesus knows. All devils and demons know when you invoke the name of Jesus, that name is far above all of them. It's a name above every name. But just like a million dollars or, excuse me, inflation, new administration, we have to bump it up. $10 million. $10 million. Will do you no good, I'll she notes there, and you execute it. When Jesus was crowned with the name, he gave that authority to his church, to his family, to his children. And the thing we must see is, just like in the Garden of Eden, God gave dominion to Adam, Adam can choose to do what he wants with it, and he sold it to Satan. Jesus got it back. Same thing as we as new creation, folks. We have the name. But unless we use that name, Satan will master us. Okay, I'm going to, my, my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan, he had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in um, December of 1952. He was in a, a parsonage. He was talking with a pastor you know, the things of God for a couple hours, and the pastor's daughter said, Daddy, Daddy, it's 11 o'clock. you, you got to put me to bed. i got to go to school in the morning. And they looked at their clock and said, Oh, my God. Yeah, we've been fellowshipping. Time flies when you're talking about things of God. And so he's about to walk her to her bedroom to pray with her. And then he said, No, why don't we just pray right now? Kenneth Hagin is in the kitchen area, and then the book in the, uh, you know, the breakfast area or the the nook, wherever they ate. And so let's just kneel down here and pray. Then you can go off to bed. And Kenneth Hagin says, well, when they knelt down to pray, they got, he got on a chair and knelt down. He was caught up in a cloud. And Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus said, I'm going to teach you about the devil, demons, and demon activity. And about the origin of Satan and Satan activity, how Satan, uh, demons can to take control of Christians if they let them. How do they let them? By ignorance. And so here, the, the vision's probably going on for about an hour. And why Jesus is talking to him, a demon appears. And this can be found in the book, I Believe in Visions. I'd encourage you to read at least once a year. And uh, a demon comes between Jesus and Brother Hagin. And Jesus is talking, teaching them, giving them some revelation. And this demon puts out a smoke scream and, and screams out, yakety yak yak, yakety yak yak. And he keeps on doing it. And so number one, he cannot see Jesus now. 
And number two, he cannot hear Jesus because it's the noise this demon is making. And Brother Hagin is getting fumed. He says, doesn't Jesus know this demon is, is, is making this noise? Doesn't Jesus know I can't see him now? Doesn't Jesus know that, uh, um, you know, I can't hear him? I need to hear Jesus. Why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? Like many of the church. Why, God? Why? 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 And finally, Brother Hagin got upset. And says, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up. And immediately, the demon shuts up and begins to quiver. And the smoke screen clears. And then he said, not only uh, to shut up, get out of here. And he scurries off. And you know what Jesus said? He said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. And of course, Brother Hagin never heard anything like that. And it says, excuse me, Jesus, there's something wrong with my hearing, something wrong with your ear. You, you didn't say that you, 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 you couldn't, you meant you wouldn't. He says, no, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. No, Jesus, no, no, I, I must, must not hear you right. You, you mean you wouldn't. And he went back and forth, and Jesus raised his voice. No, I didn't say I wouldn't. I said I couldn't. And Brother Hagin said this. He says, Jesus, I don't care if I see you. I've never heard anything like that. I, I don't accept that. We don't teach that. And uh, unless you show me at least three places in the New Testament, I'm not going to accept that revelation. And you know what Brother Hagin said? Do you think Jesus got mad at him? No, he smiled. He said, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four. Yeah. And Brother Hagin says, if there's anything in the in New Testament like that, I don't know it. And he smiled again, son. There's a whole lot you don't know in that Bible, like a lot of us. And then he starts off and says, nowhere in the New Testament does it tell you to pray for God to do something about the devil. Oh. And then he, he proceeds, and we don't have time. Maybe we'll look at it later in the series. And give, where it says, give no place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. Where it says, resist the devil. And he will flee from you. And he gave, he gave him scripture and verse that when I ascend on high and begin the name above all names, I delegated that authority to my church. I no longer have that authority. My church does. And you can see. That's why the Bible says whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Heaven will only back up where that name is used. Heaven has the resources, but it can only be tapped in and executed. That power can only flow where the name of Jesus is used. Remember when Brother Hagin used the name of Jesus, something was done. When he didn't use it, or he permitted it, the devil was able to carry on his work. And too many times, brothers and sisters... We've been bellering at God. God, help me turn the situation around. Turn my finances around. And God is up there says, my hands are tied. I've given you the name. I've given you the promise of God. In my name, execute authority. Bind that. Loose that in my name. My power cannot flow unless that name is used. Now, close your Bibles. Um, you've heard me make reference to my Job Jr. experience. Have you ever had a Job Jr. experience? You know what Job Jr. Job Jr. experience is? You read the book of Job, 
all hell broke loose. I had almost a year where I was attacked physically, mentally, spiritually, you name it, I was attacked. I mean, some attacks because they're kids here, I, I don't even want to say it because I don't want them to have nightmares at night. And really, I was going to die. I was so oppressed, depressed, attacked that I knew that unless I got help, I would die from this attack. And you know, I went to everybody and their neighbor to ask them to pray for me. You know, and folks that, uh, you know, said that they, they had authority, they tried ministry, didn't, didn't work. And, 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 you know, of course, I was fasting, I was praying, I, I was doing everything I knew to do. And I was growing nothing better but worse. And I, I remember, I said, God, God, I need help. And you know what he said to me? Not in a, an audible voice, but that still, small voice in my spirit says, resist the devil and you flee. Well, I didn't want to do that. I wanted someone else to pray for me. It's a lot easier to get someone else to, because I didn't think I could use that name because of where I was. But you have to understand that, you know, whether you feel good or not, your key will work on your car. Whether you feel good or not, or you think you're worthy or not, you, you swipe a credit card and there's, there's money behind that credit card. It will work. A policeman, whether he feels good or not, whether he had to fight with his wife or not, kissed her goodbye, that he stands in the middle of the street and goes like this, there's authority. Okay? But I didn't feel like I had the authority. I, someone else needed to do it. And so I continued to pray and fast and do what I need to do, and I was growing worse. I said, God, I really need some help. And you know what he said? He didn't change his mind. He is not a man that he should change. He, he said, resist the devil. I'll flee from you. That was about three months after the first time he said it. Well, I still didn't think I was worthy to use that name. And uh, another three months went by. And I, I'm getting close to death. I mean, I'm wasting away. I, I'm all oppressed, depressed. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't think I can live much longer. And I asked God again, he says, Lord, I need help. I need you to help me. The only thing you said is, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You know, after three times, you, you start getting the revelation. Unless I do something about this situation, nothing will be done. I, I've asked everyone else to do it. I asked everyone. I mean, I know spiritual people. They, they ministered, they tried. Resist the devil and he will flee. When your pastor prays, no, it flees from you. Who does the resisting? You've got to resist him. Who will he flee from? You. Yeah. So I had to get that in my spirit. And I got, I just focused on that until that light came on the inside. When I knew I had authority over Satan. Not based on who I am or what I've done, my performance, what I feel like. When, when I got that revelation, I, I remember, and again, because kids are here. I, I, I don't want to share some of the manifestations of demons I would have telling me you're deceived you're you know oh it was great it was wonderful it's when I, I invoked the name of Jesus for myself that's when the devil left me and I became better you see we, we need to understand you know you you can have 10 million dollars in the bank and you can have a checkbook credit card in your pocket but unless you use it, it won't be done. And too many times we've been looking for everyone else. 
Now, don't get me wrong. If you're believing, praying, let, let your pastor help you. You know, you know, you join faith. But too many times we're looking for someone else to use your credit card, your checkbook. You have access. You've got to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And we're going to look at buying and loosing. Too many times we put up with way too much stuff. We put, up, we put up with sniffles. We put up with stuff. We, we just allow it and think, well, that's just part of life. And if you allow it, and you're not going to use the name of Jesus, it will be allowed in heaven. And so we got to stop there. Praise the Lord. We'll pick it up, look at more at the use of our authority. And so we're going to see we, we have this authority. We must wield this authority in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much for your grace, your goodness, and your mercy. Lord, thank you for Jesus. And Father, I pray again for everyone on the list listening. Father, that you give all to us, all of us, a spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge, view. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we would know the hope of your calling. The riches of your glory and inheritance of saints. What is exceeding greatness of your power. Father, that we would all see these things and walk in these things. And Father, that at your coming, there be an army of people, an army of your, your, your church, walking in its rights and privileges. Father, getting this job done in the earth. And Father, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name. Um, head bowed and eyes closed real quick we talked about what God did in Christ for all of us and I know that's you know after COVID the amazing thing is a, a great falling away seems to happen all the church people don't come to church anymore people have become comfortable in these and so folks that come to church nowadays are considered champions and love the Lord and stalwart but we just want to make sure that everyone is walking with the Lord and everyone is watching and so real quick heads bowed nice closed if anybody here you, you, you've never been born again or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord real quick anybody here anybody here I just want to make sure I see that hand God bless you I can put it down and if you're watching online go ahead and, and raise your hand I can't see your hand but, but God can the most important thing is for you to receive from God right now, whether it's new birth or whether it's forgiveness of sins and, and to be reunited in fellowship with Him. So we had a hand raised here this morning, and we're not going to embarrass anyone because we, we've all been to a place where we need forgiveness and need restoration. And so we're just going to lead a very lead you into a very simple but sincere prayer. And we invite you that raise your hand or should have raised your hand to pray this prayer with us. And that includes those watching online. And so let's pray this together. Dear God, I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for me and rose again from the dead so I could be saved. This morning, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. And my life will never, ever be the same again after this morning in Jesus name Amen. so you prayed that prayer we want to congratulate you if you're watching online go ahead and email us contact us we want to help you get started in your new
walk with God. And so, again, when you're born again, the name of Jesus is given you. You have now have the right to use the name of Jesus. So we want to encourage you to keep on coming. Learn how to use. We're going to look more and more how to exercise this authority, how to rule and reign in life. Hey, we got some special things planned. Of course, we have a fellowship. Uh, downstairs but before we close this part of the service we're going to go ahead and we invite you to stand let's just worship God and just uh, give thanks for what we've heard today and and direct our hearts towards him go ahead worship team